This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 225. I can say that as a consultant and a coach today, I have not felt some of the pain that some of my other peers have felt. And in particular, I don't know if it's because of my personality. I don't know if it's because of my perception. I'm just not sure what it is, but I know a lot of my friends that are African-Americans and females in particular experience quite a bit. And even in diversity and inclusion, even in that work that I did for many years, what I had to share was always received, whether the person believed it or not, because they felt they had to. So anyway, so it's just been interesting. And I will tell you last year totally took me off of my game, to be honest, because I had never before experienced discrimination where it affected my children. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Meg Rinchler, executive and mentor coach. I want to thank you for being here with us. Today we have a really important topic. And it feeds into, once again, my whole reason for doing the show, which is to help you connect with other coaches, their experiences, their journeys, and the special contribution that they bring forward. And today, I am introducing you to Janina Armstrong, who is absolutely delightful and She's going to share her story as an African-American female in the coaching and consulting space and share her perspective on how we can show up as our best in our coaching partnership, honoring diversity. We are in Black History Month right now, and I want to embrace and support that. And I also know As I'm recording this, many of you are in the grips of some intense winter weather. And in that, I know here in Texas, we've had some extraordinarily kind of awful circumstances. I'm just coming out of days of intermittent power, no internet obviously intermittent heat. And yet I know that there's those of you out there who are experiencing far worse than I did. No water, no heat, extremely cold temperatures uh, across the nation. And for those in southern states where the infrastructure just wasn't able to handle the intense weather as it struck. I just am sending best wishes to all of you for health and well-being, for being able to get hot meals and and fresh water and an ability to stay safe and, and warm. So I just want to send out my best wishes to everyone, wherever you are listening. And in that, 
once again circle back around to what we are going to focus on today in my conversation with Janina Armstrong. Now, Janina is a highly sought-after ICF certified professional and personal development coach. She's also a diversity and inclusion consultant and a best-selling author. She has over 25 years of human resource experience and currently is an executive coach with Building Champions Incorporated. Prior to joining Building Champions, she owned and operated her own coaching and consulting practice, Metamorphous Coaching, and she has served as a diversity and inclusion consultant for various Fortune 500 companies. I reached out to Janina because I find her energy and brightness and just love of life and others to be absolutely healing and beautiful to be around. And I wanted you to be experienced that as she shared her journey and her experiences as an African-American female in the consulting and coaching space. So much of why I put together this podcast from the get-go was so that coaches could connect with other coaches and what their experiences are and what they bring to the table that we can all learn from. And I think Janina does a beautiful job of that in our conversation as, as we explore what are her unique experiences? What can we learn about our biases, our perspective, and how important it is to let go of knowing and move back into curiosity? So I just wanted to have a discussion with Janina about those things, and, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Let's go to my interview with Janina Armstrong. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. I am all lit up this morning being able to spend time with you. Meg, hello, my favorite person in the world. You're one of the cool kids, so I get to hang out with the cool kids this morning. (laughs) You are so funny. I was really eager to have you on the show because you have such a wide range of experience in helping organizations understand the importance of diversity. You have a long consulting and now coaching. I had the honor of being one of your instructors when you went through coaching um, training. and, And you have just so many kind of pokers in the fire in lots of different areas. But I wanted us to have a conversation, A, in honor of uh, Black History Month, I, mm-hmm. and and just the whole concept of how do we honor one another where we're at, the experiences mm-hmm. that we've had. So that's what we're going to dive in today. Yay! And I'd love to start first with what I do with everybody and asking what brought you into coaching? What is it about coaching that lights you up? Okay, well, I have to first say thank you, Meg, for inviting me on your show, because I have so much respect for you. And as you just mentioned, you taught me quite a bit about coaching and you, you got on me when I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And when I was learning through the mentor coaching, so I am honored to be on the star coach podcast. 
And I'm also just really kudos to you for inviting me in honor of Black History Month and having the courage to do so because, you know, this is a difficult conversation sometimes for some people. And even in light of where we are in society with all that's happened and the recent uh, last year with all the um, racial tension and adversity we had in so many ways with the pandemic. And then of course, with the political realm, there's just so much out there. So kudos for you to you for inviting me. And then I will answer your question about what lights me up about coaching is it truly is a joy for me to walk alongside my clients and just watch the transformation occur in their lives. And um, my specialty is leadership. It is leadership coaching. It is coaching within life. And, and, you know, I work with executives. I work with uh, mid-level leaders. I just love watching each person walk through and, and themselves light up after having gone through the coaching journey. And it just fulfills me. And this is what I I would do, you know, as they say, if you didn't get paid to, if you didn't have to get, get paid, what would you do? And this is, this is it for me. Yeah. So, so good. And you just have this, this presence about you that is immediately impactful when somebody meets you, you just, I remember being at a, at a get together, I believe in honor of Minna Brown, who's a mutual friend and her her coaching 20 years celebration and my husband met you and your husband and was like, Oh, she is just delightful. Your husband's delightful too. But he just was like, Oh, I just really like Janina. She just glows. So guys, this is just somebody who is one of those people. If you have a chance to meet Janina Armstrong, you want to do so. And, and when we think about So I shared with you that sometimes I can be naive about other people's prejudice and, and, and the, and the barriers that people put up when people are different than them. And I, I look at everybody as just, you know, we're all one big family. Mm -hmm. We're all from Mm -hmm. the, we're just all in the, in the family of human beings and let's help one another rise and, and, and. Yet I know that that's not the experience for everyone. And as a mm-hmm. middle-aged white woman, I need to understand <laughs> that. What a cute middle-aged white woman you are. <laughs> <laughs> that I am afforded privileges that I'm not even aware of and that other yeah, people hit barriers that that are very true and real. So mm-hmm. we thought maybe we would share your personal experiences as an African-American female. So like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the, there's in a, a, a realm of being a, a consultant, of being mm-hmm. a coach and, and what that journey has been like for you. Yeah. So that is an interesting question. So I turned my last birthday, I turned 50 years old. Okay. So I have had a lot of soul searching and inner, what do you call it? Inner, not perspective, but just where you are just thinking about your life. Like inventory sort of. Yes. Inventory. Yeah. Inventory. You know, what it, what is it about this life and what do I want to accomplish and what have I accomplished? And so when I think through the last 50 years, as it relates to just being an African-American woman first, Mm -hmm. I remember the first time that the conversation of race 
for me happened was with my mother and I was a little girl and I grew up in Chicago and I remember, do you remember what, do you know what white flight is? Do you remember the the white flight? So white flight is a time in our history where African-American families were moving into communities that were predominantly white and where the whites were moving out. Okay. So this was during the seventies. And Mm -hmm. so we were one of the first, I think we might've been the first on our block, first black family on our block. And so a lot of the white families, my best friend, my first best friend was a little blonde girl. And we used to, you know, share ice cream and we used to, you know, look at each other's shoes and all that. And so they moved away and there was only one lady left and the neighbor and she was right next door and uh, it was a white lady and she she had said something or did something. I don't remember what it was, but I made a comment about her being white that I had overheard. I don't know if I had heard it on a news or, or television. And she said, where did you hear that? And I said, I don't know. So my mom said to me, she said, don't, don't you ever judge a person by the, the color of their skin? She said, because you will have those that are white treat you better than those that are of your own being black. And I never forgot that. So that shaped my view of everyone, really. So I didn't immediately approach a person and immediately think that, okay, they're white, they're going to treat me bad, or they're black, they're going to treat me good. And she was right, you know, because that perception, if you approach a situation in that way, with your mindset thinking they're a person, then you don't have an immediate bias, if you will. Mm -hmm. So that is what's helped shape my experience as an African-American woman. And so I will tell you throughout my career, my 25 years in HR, I've lived in three different states. I've born and raised in Chicago, moved to Minnesota, came to Texas. So like complete opposite, right? Yes. And down here to Texas. And I come into a situation bringing my whole self and you either like me or you don't kind of thing. And I don't assume that it's, you don't like me because I'm black. You right. may not like me because I'm too much. <laughs> you might be like, she's too loud or she's whatever, but I don't think it's immediately because I'm black. Okay. Right. Now, when I have felt maybe discrimination because I'm a black woman has been more about in the professional realm, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's been, well, your opinion is not valid or you're not smart enough. And it's, it's not been overt, it's been, you know, undercover. So I can say that as a consultant and a coach today, I have not felt some of the pain that some of my other peers have felt. And in particular, I don't know if it's because of my personality. I don't know if it's because of my perception. I'm just not sure what it is. But I know a lot of my friends that are African Americans and females in particular experience quite a bit. And even in diversity and inclusion, even in that work that I did for many years, what I had to share was always received, whether the person believed it or not, because they felt they had to. So anyway, so it's just been interesting. And I will tell you last year totally took me off of my game, to be honest, because I had never before experienced discrimination where it affected my children. So it's one thing with me personally, Mm -hmm. and even with my husband being African-American, but when it's when your children are experiencing, when you have a fear of your children leaving 
Because you had a child go to college last year. I did. I did. I had a child. He's a freshman in college right now. He's at the University of Kansas. And he was in high school when all the George Floyd things went down. And and then I have a son that's in the U.S. Army. And so he's away. And so there was and even just a fear with my husband, like, oh, my gosh, like uh, the fear of that something's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. That was a different level for me. So that's when I began to feel my color like never before, ever. And so, and so let me just kind of parlay into from a coaching standpoint, yes. because I have lovely friends that are, that are coaches. And I had one of my dear friends, Lisa, she called me last year in the midst of all the, the violence, the, uh, racial tension last year. And she said, Janina, I have a, I have a, a African-American client who I love and we have a great relationship and who I've been coaching. And she says, I feel so ill-equipped to support her and to coach her. And I asked her why. And she said, well, I just feel like I should be saying something to encourage her and to motivate her during this time. And I just don't know what, I just don't know what to say. Right. And, and you and I had talked about this, Meg, at one point we had talked about, well, Janina, I don't know sometimes whether I should say black or African-American or, you know, you don't even know sometimes the terms. Right. And so, and so I said to my friend, Lisa, I said, well, and so of course, you know, I began to put on my coach hat and I said, well, what is it that, that you're feeling, you know, what's behind it? What's the deeper issue? So we got to the point where she shared that it was more about the fact that she didn't know where she was at with what was happening in the world. And so she didn't have the confidence in herself. Right. So, so that's, that's like the advice that I give my coach friends that are, that are not of color, if mm-hmm. you will, is that when you have a client that is uh, a diverse color, ethnicity, that you would do just like any other client, you would get to know that person and ask the questions, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do you prefer, you know, when we're, when, you know, say you're in a conversation and, and it comes up to, you, you know, you prefer to be called you know, African-American black, or does it matter? Mm-hmm. You know, you just ask the question, right? Do you find that I find that maybe people are hesitant, like somehow that's, that's negative to even just acknowledge, but it's, it's Mm -hmm. just, and and so I almost wonder if it's putting more like fear around something that is, Mm -hmm. that we can handle very matter of factly, because I honor the fact that you are African-American or, and I'm just curious, you know, what's, how, what's your preference? What's your versus like, oh, do you want to be called African-American? Yeah. No. Like it's some kind of like a, like it's like a secret. Yeah. no, but just yeah. think about it. We always, as coaches, we say, stay curious. Right. Okay. So you're curious. You just said yourself, you said, you know, I'm just curious because I'm still learning and growing. Right. And so, especially if it's coming up in conversation for whatever reason, they could be right. sharing with you something that's happened recently or whatever, and it comes up and you, you know, you ask the question um, because to ignore it is, is worse to, to not acknowledge, for example, that it's come up, the, the topic of race or ethnicity has come up, you know, to not, to just skate over it as a coach, that's not really being authentic, right. Authentic self and really or honoring their authentic self. Yes. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. And it is everybody's different, right? I'm not saying that, you know, all uh, African Americans or Hispanics or Asians want to you to acknowledge. I have a client now who's an Indian male who he doesn't even want to talk about the fact that he's an Indian male. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't even support the DNI efforts of his company. That's just who he is. And I found that out just through conversation with him, you mm-hmm. know, and just learning in comments that he said, how's it going? You know, how are things ha- what's happening as it relates to what's happening in society? I don't know. Whatever right. Just in is. your, in I'm your, yeah. 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 And, and I think that's the whole, the important piece is that a, we're all different. It does. So we're all unique and we have our own perspective. So what do we as a coach partner do to get curious about that and right. learn about our person, yeah. our, our, our clients? And yet I think also maybe acknowledging, you know, I would like to know more. I'd like to yes. know more about my, any client because they're, they're experiencing something different than I am. But in, in that, I don't want to assume anything. So um, I have a friend, right. Teresa, who's a wonderful coach. And she tells a story about coaching a, you know, 50 ish woman who's in leadership who's African American and her saying to her, I want to let you know that this is a space that you can share whatever you want. I don't I'm not saying that as a middle-aged white woman, I understand every journey that you've walked through, nor, you know, that there, I don't want to assume anything about that. So I just want you to know that I'm open to any conversation that's comfortable for you. Like just laying it out there. That's right. That's right. Because we're supposed to create that safe space for our clients. Mm -hmm. And in my friend's that's a coach in her example, she said that the whole session that, you know, she just wanted to share what was happening in her family, you know, as it related to what happened with the racial, racial tension. And Mm -hmm. that whole session was about her just listening Mm -hmm. to her. Mm -hmm. And that's what she wanted. And that's what we're supposed to do. Right. And then I also advise my friend to, to, if she wanted to learn more to speak, to begin to educate herself so that she had knowledge of, a, of what was happening. So that way she would feel more confident, right? Mm-hmm. So reading, there was a book out that everybody was reading last year called White Fragility. Right. You know? And so I said, you know, pick up a copy of that, read it, you know, maybe even uh, share and ask, per, you know, her perception of it, you know, certain mm-hmm. things like that. So, I mean, it's what we would normally do as coaches anyway. Right. right. So with that, that's, and I so appreciate your perspective on that. It's, it's almost, I get the impression, you know, like tipping across ice, like thin ice when it doesn't necessarily need to be thin ice. Let's right. just, let's just, and then let's also not assume that somebody wants to be our educator about every element of their life. Right. We just <laughs> want to, what's, what do they want to share? What's going to be helpful in this coaching relationship and just in general, helping our clients move forward in right. whatever direction they want to move forward in. Yeah. Is it okay to shift perspective just a little bit in yeah. looking at what when you were a consultant primarily around mm-hmm. um, diversity and inclusion and helping organizations be more responsible to mm-hmm. all of their people, what are some of the things that 
you would help them understand? Well, first of all, Meg, when I go into an organization as a consultant and I sit down with whether it be the head of HR or uh, head of a division or president or even CEO, the first conversation is about where are they at as an organization, their thinking and their vision, and then how does DNI tie to their thinking and their vision and their goals mm-hmm. for the organization? I don't immediately go in and say, okay, let's start these programs, let's do this training, or let's do this start this group, you know, no, let's get to the core of where you are, the heart of the organization, the culture of the organization. And then what do you want to see, you know, 12 months down the line? How do you want your organization to be different? Is that more women in leadership? Is that more of, you know, you want to see generational diversity and working together? You know, there's there's so many different directions. And then there's this whole phenomenon of diversity and culture. You know, you hear the word mm-hmm. culture going around quite a bit, you a know, lot. So yeah. it's always, you know, so culture and DNI. And so really DNI is a part of the overall culture. It's not mm-hmm baby culture, right? Right. So then you have to have those conversations. And that's what I do initially. And then we get to setting the goals that they want to accomplish. And then how are they going to fulfill those goals? But I love that. And I want everybody to have it's not different. It's always starts with curiosity. It always starts with, let me understand Mm -hmm. before because we as therapists, we don't I mean, sorry, we as coaches do not Mm -hmm. diagnose like doctors or therapists do. We don't uh, go in, even as a consultant, Janina's in a place of let me understand what's here first. Let me understand what your needs are. I often tell people when they say like, how should I handle an exploratory call with a client? Well, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the same kind of thing. Let's do a needs assessment around what's going on already, whether it's an individual, whether it's an organization that you're working with. What can I do to understand Right. What's happening right now and what you want to be different. That's I right. mean, that's that's like that's it. Yeah. And and you know, there's a saying that prescription before diagnosis equals malpractice. Yes. So coming in with a prescription without diagnosing and figuring out what's happening is definitely going to lead to malfunction. So I'm not coming in with this like bag full of tools and saying, do all this and you're going to be wonderful in, in terms of DNI. And any consultant that's worth their salt, and I know many DNI consultants will come in and identify first the needs assessment, what's happening. And I think that's the best approach in any situation. Absolutely. Any situation. Just in general, any yeah. situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What else comes to mind just as as we think about our listeners and and struggles that they might have with how do I manage maybe a bias that I was unaware that's coming up mm-hmm. or gosh, maybe, maybe this is something that I haven't been paying attention to that I want to pay more attention to or whatever. I mean, just in yeah. general, what comes up for you as, as something that would further maybe their exploration or. Their well, I'm going to say, you know, every coach needs a coach. Maybe some biases are coming up because we all have them. Let's be honest. If you are finding that there's a bias that's consistently coming up and you want to address it, then get a coach. Maybe get a coach that 
that falls into that bias. So I've literally coached my clients and I've been called in to coach clients that have had issues with women or issues with African-Americans and I am their coach, right? And to challenge yourself, you know, to challenge them and to ask the questions and to dig deeper to uncover what is, because that's what we do as coach. What is the barrier that's preventing you? Right. You know, what do you need? So I recommend my fellow coaches, you know, maybe call up a coach friend like my friend Lisa did. She called me up and goes, okay, this is happening. What, you know, what in the world, what do I do? Or how do I move forward? Because Mm -hmm. that's what we want to do, move forward. How do I move forward past this? Because we each have been affected in some way with what's happening and we can't ignore. And in order for us to move forward, we have to unravel and uncover some of those things that are internal that are keeping us from doing and being the best coaches that we can be. Um, So good. Yeah. I used to have issues with, I'll share this. um, I used to have issues with men, Asian men. Okay. Early in my career. And I remember, um, you know, being in HR and, and I had this bias. I didn't realize it because of the stereotype of the way that their women in their society were treated. And so I am a huge advocate of women in general. Mm -hmm. And so immediately my guard would, would go up whenever I was in the room with one. And, you know, typically from a cultural standpoint, you know, there's some things that, you know, some from a religion or just, Mm -hmm. you know, practices as a culture that I felt like were deflating for women. And so I had to overcome that bias in order to be able to coach Asian men. Mm -hmm. And how did I overcome that? I started coaching them. (laughs) And I was very uncomfortable and it was tough for me. It really was tough. And I had to you know how you, your energy, you know, sometimes on the, on the disc, right. I'm an mm-hmm. I and D and sometimes when you have to go into that C area, yes. you know, it takes a lot of energy. Well, whenever I met with him, it took like my whole day was just zapped of energy, but I did it. And I was so proud of myself at the end of the engagement. And it was more about me <laughs> than it was him, but I think he, he got something out of it. Sure. And so, yeah, so I just, I'm just sharing that. That's just the personal struggle that I right. have. And you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I just wonder as you coached him, whether getting to know him as an individual and, yeah. and what he valued and, and those kinds of things, whether it evoked new awareness inside it of did. you. Mm-hmm. It did. He, he grew up in the U.S. and he grew up very poor. And I remember, I remember how he felt like he wasn't very smart and, you know, how his parents treated him and how he did went a different direction. And we had so many similarities with regard to growing up poor, like I grew up poor and then how he had to work hard and, you know, and, and his values for family were similar. So, so it was, it was just completely again, getting to know him as a person mm-hmm. and not the stereotype of the fact that he's an Asian male. I really appreciate you sharing that example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I still, you know, it's just a flag up. It's just, you know, unconscious, but now it's conscious right. bias. And so then you do something about it. That's just beautiful. So we're coming to the end of our time for our interview. And I'm just wondering, What do you hope, like, as we move forward, 
What would, mm. what is your hope for whether it be the coaching community or whether it be society as a whole? Yeah, you know, that is such a great question. So I am reading this book right now by Adam Grant called Think Again. And it the whole premise of the book is learning how to rethink and the value of rethinking, okay, and unlearning, okay. And part of the book talks about, and I, I have it here with me, and just in the very, the prologue, it's uh-huh. Pick this up. It's it's just so good. It it talks about when it comes to knowledge and opinions, we tend to stick to our guns. Psychologists call this seizing and freezing. We favor the comfort of conviction over the discomfort of doubt. And we let our beliefs get brittle long before our bones get brittle. Oh, wow. And so the ability to, and some of us have just cognitive laziness, right? And we talk about the assumptions that we have and how we cling to them and the, how the smarter we are, the least likely we will be to unlearn, okay? So, so my hope is that we continue to educate ourselves and continue to rethink old assumptions that we may have had about anything and everything and really being true to listening and opening up to difficult conversations, but doing so with love, reverence, with understanding and walking away with, with just new knowledge and a new way of thinking. Oh, so good. I'm just so, so hoping that for, for us all and every pillar of our lives, professionally and personally. And as coaches, we're, I believe we're called to continue to learn and grow so that we can help our clients navigate and we can help direct our clients to continue to learn and grow. And it's part of the transformation process. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really is. Yeah. So that's my hope. What's your hope? You know, (laughs) I would say much the same, like, let's let go of, first of all, we have to raise awareness of Mm -hmm. those, those automatic beliefs that that Mm -hmm. come up and impact without us even knowing because they're running under the radar. When I was a therapist, I used to say to my clients, let's, let's open that closet door and inventory what's in there because it's the things that are in there that we're unaware of that have ultimate power because they're operating in the dark. They're operating Mm -hmm. and, and controlling our choices and the way that we interact with others without us even being aware. So Mm -hmm. my hope is that each of us kind of throw that door open and inventory Mm -hmm. what's in there, understanding that just because something settled within us because of a past experience or because of Mm -hmm. the way that we were raised or the set of, of whatever beliefs that Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean we can't confront them and look at them and determine, does Mm -hmm. that work for me still? Or is that something that's worth exploring further? And how do I want to show up every day? How do I want to be engaged? And so I hope everybody has the courage to be able to do that. And just understand that 
just because it's the way it's always been, that's our lane that it's always been that way in our lane. And that doesn't, I just encourage you to really maybe listen to things that you would Mm -hmm. normally not listen to Mm -hmm. engage Mm -hmm. in, in Mm -hmm. exploration. Yeah, that's awesome. Totally agree. Janina, thank you for sharing with us today. It was such a meaningful conversation and it's always a joy to spend time with you. I am so grateful. Thank you so much, Meg, for inviting me. I appreciate you. So there we have another journey that one of our fellow coaches has taken and how important it is to acknowledge that yes, we have experience and we have diversity and we have so many things that we're bringing into our lives and into the coaching partnership. Yet to be masterful, we stay in a place of curiosity and not knowing and wonder with our clients. And I'm so grateful for my friend and fellow coach, Janina Armstrong, for bringing her expertise and her journey to us today. If you'd like to know more about Janina or about today's episode, go to starcoachshow.com slash 225 to the page for this episode. And thanks again for listening. I'm excited to introduce you next week to Megan Conter. Megan is going to share with us the value of creating a membership site, the kind of value that we can bring to our clients and the experience that we can bring to our clients when we create a platform of membership and content delivery. So super excited for that. Be sure to come back next week for my interview with Megan. Remember that every Wednesday morning, We meet at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Star Coach Facebook page for exploration about coaching, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, every Wednesday morning. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rate and review wherever you listen so more coaches can find us, more listeners can find us. It's not just coaches that listen to the show. And until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the absolute best for your coaching success and for a peaceful and safe week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.